Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Oh, no one ever thinks about the crew below the decks. They're drinking and they're partying and having lots of sex. They cook and clean and serve the rich with a smile all day. But when the richies leave the ship, the yachties get to play. yo ho dilly yo yo ho dilly yo We're heading up the gangplank and going down below. Hey guys, welcome back to another edition of Gangplank Report. We are recapping episode seven of Below Deck Mediterranean. It's called Can't Fight This Feeling after the Ario Speedwagon song, and Jen has come up with a better name for it, I think. She'll explain in the rapid recap. Hey gang, so this episode started with the meal that we weren't sure if it was going to be a disaster. Turns out it wasn't. Despite the late start, Athena was really happy with it. Everyone goes to bed fairly early. The next day, the big drama of the day is making cakes. And as Adrian said, this episode was called Can't Fight This Feeling. I'm changing it to MacArthur Park by Richard Harris because there's a line in there that says someone left a cake out in the rain. And those cakes look like they've been left out somewhere. For sure. Athena isn't happy. She wants a salad thrown in. She's upset about the arrival time, but by the end, she changes her mind and thinks it's magical. Because of that, when they leave and Matt gets compliments, Sandy decides to give Matt a third chance and he's allowed to stay. The guests leave a $15,000 tip in their wake. Not that high considering how demanding they are. Courtney has a little sob second because the guests forgot her name and Lexi got thanked by the captain for being a normal human. At the crew night out, they have an interesting discussion on race and yachting and whether there's been progress. Matt paid for the whole meal trying to buy forgiveness. They bring the party back to the boat. There is a very awkward dance party. David takes his shot with the bosun and is shot down and Lloyd breaks down over treatment on his last boat. And that's your rapid recap. And Matt goes to bed early, which is a sound decision. Oh, that is true. Absolutely. (laughs) Might be the smartest thing we see him do this whole season so far. True, so far. (laughs) So what did you think of this episode? I thought it was pretty interesting in that watching the way that the crew tried to meet the guest demands, we didn't see a lot of excursions or anything like that. But what we did see was pretty heavily focused on the meals, which... In this situation, especially Matt trying to redeem himself becomes an interesting plot in this whole thing. And watching Athena throw in a salad at the last minute as the mains rolling out, you know, that becomes a little bit of a challenge, although a salad's not a super complicated thing to throw together. And I think he did a pretty good job of doing that in a quick frame of time. Obviously, having the opportunity to go over the menu with the guests in advance of the meal is clutch for a lot of different reasons. One is managing expectations, but two is being able to make sure that you're giving them what they want or what their expectations are. And I think that Athena put her own self and Matt by that at a deficit because he was going to explain to her what the menu was and she didn't want to hear it. She wanted to be surprised. So surprise, there isn't a salad course. 
-hmm. Now, all of a sudden it gets thrown at him last minute. So I don't really put that on him as much as I put it on her for saying, surprise me. Right. But don't understand what my expectations are because I'm not telling you like that can be a challenge. I've had clients do that before where they're just like surprised us. And then later they tell me, well, our expectation was a little bit different. Right. It's just, it's part of the game. Right. So Mm -hmm. what we did know about in advance was the cakes and that becomes a really interesting, I mean, I feel like those cakes were almost characters by the end of this, but (laughs) (laughs) they didn't look great. Mm -hmm. And as you explained in the recap, it looks like somebody left them out in the rain. And I don't put that on Courtney at all because it's obviously not her job. She offered because she was asked to jump in and help out there and she did the best that she could. And as that's happening, I'm thinking, why don't they just print off a logo and put it on there instead of trying to do it? So I think she did the smart thing there Mm -hmm. to try to TYA at that point in time. I don't know know that I would have put them on toothpicks with pinking sheer borders though. (laughs) And that was a little much. (laughs) I think I would have just put the logo like down on the ganache. (laughs) (laughs) True. Very true. And then we get to this tip meeting Mm -hmm. where Courtney is obviously less than thrilled about the fact that the guests have forgotten her name. And Lexi is complaining because we've seen her do nothing but that about the fact that the tip wasn't good enough for the effort she thought she put in for, as you stated earlier, being a normal human. And I don't know, what is your take on this? Because we've seen them do this rotation thing. Mm -hmm. So I don't feel like it was necessarily a reward. Right. It wasn't a reward and it wasn't a punishment, either one. She didn't get punished by being taken off rotation and kept in the laundry. Katie just left things status quo, which if Sandy said hit the reset button and that's who your supervisor is, that's the word on the boat, then I think Katie did what she was supposed to do. Am I happy about it? No. I feel like Courtney, because I felt like Lexi should have gotten some sort of punishment and there wasn't any. It's basically like nothing she did ever happened. And she did some really heinous things. So I can understand Courtney's frustration, but I do think Katie did the right thing by just keeping it status quo because it was Lexi's turn. If Katie's supposed to act like everything is everything, then that's the way to do it. So I think Courtney was looking for a little more punishment from her. I think she was more, like you said, hurt by the fact that the guest didn't even remember her name because she is a very social person. So I would think that that would be a little bit of a knife to the heart because there's only eight of them. It's not like they have to remember an entire Rockettes line. So I think that was probably the main issue, but she's transferring it a little bit onto Lexi because it was kind of an injustice, I guess is the best way I can put it. I agree. And after we do this crew meeting, Sandy then calls Matt up to the pilot house and says, oh, I've been thinking about it. I think you deserve your third chance. My prediction is that's going to bite her in the butt. We'll see. I mean, we still have a whole season left to go, so we shall see. I wonder what that means for the guy that's sitting in quarantine thinking is coming on the boat. Mm -hmm. So uh, hopefully that's not the last we see of Luca, but who knows? Yeah, I kind of want my professional wrestler chef on. (laughs) He looks like he could like throw down on WWE or something. (laughs) I'm up for Luca. But yeah, I'm not thrilled about third chances. How many did Kiko get? How many did Hannah get? So I am not super enthused by any of this. This whole thing feels to me like 
okay, if you're driving and you skid a little off the road and you overcompensate in the other direction, that's what this is for me. This is Sandy's overcompensation for not giving more chances last season. She's giving too many chances this season. So Mm, interesting. It's just my opinion. That's what it feels like to me. It's coming off that way. I get that quarantine has something to do with it, but Luca was out of quarantine by that point. So we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. I do have a question for you because we had talked about the tip meeting. We didn't talk specifically about the tip. They gave 15000 We've been trained as Bravo fans that 15000 is the low bar. And so... For me, when I heard 15,000 after hearing, what was it, 22.8 from two charters ago and 20,000 last charter, it seems low. But in real life yachting, what can be expected? Are they setting our expectations too high of what you guys really get? Or is what they show us realistic? Well, it's hard to determine. I mean, as we learned from our interview with Roy Orbison Jr., his charter was actually longer than what we saw. So 20,000 seemed like a stellar tip for a one and a half day charter. Who knows how long these people were actually on board. If it was only a night or two and maybe three days, then 15,000 is still a pretty good tip. So Industry standard for charters is somewhere between 10 and 15% of the total cost of the charter. These people are also getting a discounted charter. So usually, like let's say you go to a restaurant and the chef comps an appetizer. Right. Normally what you would do is still tip on what the total bill would be. including the cost of that appetizer. So for me, looking at it from a perspective, let's say that the charter is $50,000 just to create a round number, 10 to 15% of that is what the crew should be getting as a tip Okay, for a job well done, right? Mm -hmm. Exceptional is 20%. It's not exactly relatable to the hospitality industry and restaurants because 20% of $50,000 would still be quite a lot, but the same concept applies. So if they're getting a discounted charter and they're tipping on the discount, price, not the full price of what that charter would be. That's kind of a jip. So what we're seeing is pretty well industry standard. I don't think it was low. I mean, you're still considering that's, we saw what, two nights, Mm -hmm. three days of a charter and they're still getting a $15,000 tip. So I don't see that as that low. It's just low in comparison to the others that they've gotten. So. Okay. But in the real life industry though, is it still the 10 to 15% is what you're saying, but they just pay it on the full. So basically some of these people might be like Groupon users who only tip on what they had to pay and not what the value of the experience was. Yeah, totally accurate. Okay, cool. So we see them go out to dinner and there's a couple of interesting conversations that happen. But one of the ones that stuck out to me was a conversation that Z had about race and yachting industry. And I think he He's coming into the yachting industry as a green crew member at the best time that we've ever seen in the yachting industry history for his race. For what it's worth, in total, I can probably say I've either met or worked with probably 15 total in 16 years Mm -hmm. of people of African descent 
or, I mean, there's a lot of Filipinos in the yachting industry. There's a lot of South Americans in the yachting industry, but traditionally there hasn't been a lot of black people in the yachting industry. And it makes me happy to see that Mm -hmm. because I think that there it's shifting from what has traditionally been a good old boys network to something very different. And I think the generation that is coming into the leadership of yachting now, which includes my generation is very much a more inclusive group. And I'm glad to see that. Right. I am too. And I did think it was funny when the bosun pointed out to him that he didn't have to worry about being black on their boat, only about being green. So that was actually a good line by her. I think it was really cute that he said eventually he'll be teal. Right. Yes, he did. He's moving toward teal. (laughs) So I think that we've seen a lot of evolution and in just the time of the show. And I think that that's one of them. And I am very glad we've seen Simone, we've seen Lexi, we've seen Z. It's a small drop in the bucket, but it's a start and it's something. But it's showing more diversity and inclusion, which is what's starting, really starting to happen in the yachting industry as a whole. So it's a good thing. What Z said is also very valid. More eyes are on it. And when you have more eyes on a problem with how the world is going, you have to hold yourself more accountable when you know you're being watched. So I think that this is a good moment. I think he is a fantastic deckhand for a green deckhand. He really is not the whiny green deckhand that we're used to seeing. Like this is something he really wants to learn. He doesn't seem like he has a sense of entitlement we've seen before. Exactly. He wants to learn. He doesn't mind the work. He's humble, which a lot of them don't seem to be because they think that muscles equals something. I don't know. But yeah, I like him a lot. I thought it was an interesting conversation as well. Then (laughs) we go back to the boat and that dance party. I got to tell you, what did you think of what was going on? Cringy. It was, it was cringy. It was I actually, so I watched cringy. it with my husband and he was just like awkwardly laughing. The whole yeah. Time. There are times when I get secondhand embarrassment where I have to look away from the screen. This was one of those times. And, it well, was and specifically, just... we're talking about David yes. and I'm not his like ballerina twirl while he was trying to ask Malia serious questions. It was just, it was hard to watch. Poor guy. I, I felt for him. But... I felt for him too. I kind of had... I thought Katie's reaction was a little harsh, but it was truthful when she was like, oh, no way. She's not going to go for that kind of thing. I didn't think that she meant it in the way that it came off, but I do agree with her. <laughs> David didn't have a chance in heck from my opinion of it. Because, well, and what we know now, right? thank you to the below deck Reddit thread, is that there's evidence that Malia is dating Jake, the second engineer on the boat and has posted photos of birthdays and outings and dates and double dates with the captain and they're an item from what we can tell. So I'm not sure that David ever stood a chance. I don't think he did. I think that she was doing the letting him down nicely thing, but I also think she was lying to his face. We never have seen her on the show date down. And I don't mean that David's beneath her. I just mean rank wise. She's always dated up. She had the back and forth with Wes and with Adam in her first season. And Wes was the bosun and Adam was the chef. Then she had Tom last season as the chef. I only see her dating up. 
that's just my impression of Malia. I don't know if it's yours. I don't want to speak for you. Yeah, I see what you're saying. I mean, maybe it's a dynamic of it's somebody that works for her. So she doesn't see that that would be appropriate on some level, but there might have been appropriate enough when Wes was making out with her and making her lead deckhand. Good point. (laughs) (laughs) Good point. But Katie does make that observation that she takes her job pretty seriously. And so that's probably why she would shut that down. So who knows? Yeah. And then the other really touching thing that we see at the end of this episode is Lloyd talking about his previous experience on a boat. that was just a nightmare, it sounds like, and how he is expressing his gratitude for feeling like he is able to be himself. He says that he's about 90% straight and that just depends on where you are in the world and what's happening with you at the time. And I feel like that's something that is very much, it's relatable to a lot of people, especially now, and especially in an environment where people feel more comfortable to be open about their sexuality in the workplace, especially because it's been a really rough road. And I know a lot of people that have had trouble throughout the years feeling like they weren't necessarily being entirely genuine about who they are because they felt fear that they couldn't. I remember adversely my season that my crew members used me being gay as an insult. It wasn't a descriptor. And I'm still very shocked at the cast that I had that that was something they thought was appropriate because it wasn't. Mm -hmm. And it was, again, used as an insult, not as a description. I feel like we've obviously come a long way in 10 years of this show that everybody on that boat who was witness to that conversation or parts of it was very supportive of him. And I don't feel like he maybe in the past, he's had some really rough situations. And that doesn't surprise me because I know a lot of people in the auditing industry, and it wouldn't shock me that there were people that would alienate him or berate him for that. Unfortunately, those people still exist. There's a lot more people in the auditing industry these days, like we said, that are more accepting of different races and now sexualities. And I mean, you have to think he's on a boat and at the top of the leadership, there is a gay female captain. So he's in a much different situation with his leadership than he was on his previous boat. And I'm happy for him about that because it seems like that's something he's been struggling with. And I can only imagine how difficult that would be for someone like him going into a situation like this, where you're not sure what level of acceptance, if at all, you're going to garner from your crew. So right. And for it to be the captain on his last boat, it's bad enough when you your peers don't respect you. But when you're stuck knowing that the person that you're reporting to is going to drop the other F word, that's not cool. And I can't even imagine what you went through during your season because A, it didn't apply. First off, it was Sam's way of downgrading your interpersonal skills by saying that the only reason you could have gotten that tip was had a situation gone on with you and the charter guest. But it carries on still through to now because in the past year, since you and I have become friends, I read the comments on Twitter and people still ask, well, is she still a lesbian? And I find things like that very sad. One, that it's used derogatorily. Two, 
that there's a still reference in there. People are who people are. And whoever his captain was, I can't believe that he's gone his whole life without ever having a gay friend. And if he hasn't, then how could he say that word if he had had one? Because it's just so, if you care about somebody, you're not going to say anything hateful like that. And I get that bigotry is everywhere and all of that. But people in positions like a captain position really, I think, have to hold themselves to a higher standard. I, I am, wholeheartedly agree. Yeah. I'm very glad that Katie and Malia and David were all rallying around him. And I think Courtney and Z were off on the bow of the ship, so they missed the conversation. But I'm glad that he has the support now. I'm glad we've seen the evolution from season one to now. I agree. I couldn't agree more. And I'm glad for Lloyd that that's the case. Right. For sure. So we see picking up a new charter next week. There doesn't seem to be a whole lot of teaser in this. It seems like Lexi's not pulling her weight again. She's back in oh, the well, yeah. in the laundry and there is some of that. So I think she's still gangplank worthy. Yeah. And I think she... <laughs> I'm so ready to throw her off the boat and I don't think we're going to see her too much longer. We'll see. I agree. I but, wholeheartedly Because agree. we did see that text back and forth between Norma and, and, and Captain. Captain. Yeah. yeah. To show that, yes, the deck stew is out of quarantine. So that could be foreshadowing, but they've screwed us over on all of the foreshadowing so far. So who knows? True. Very true. And you said we've got a question from Brenda. Yes. Brenda asked us, I often wonder why there isn't more food for the guest meals. Doesn't anyone ever ask for seconds? And you being the chef, well, first off, Athena gave us a little hint on this one by ordering the salad that wasn't apparently supposed to be there. But I've seen your meals that you put out. You'll send me pictures. And I can't imagine anybody being hungry on your meals. So, but does it happen? Do people ask for, we saw them ask for seconds with lamb chops, but how do you decide as a chef Is there a formula that you use? Like if you have eight guests, then I'm going to make X percentage over. Or do you just kind of watch their first meal when you serve it and adjust midstream? I was a Girl Scout. Uh uh, So always be prepared. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I'm always overprepared. Yeah. Uh, so the way that I do things is I adjust for at least three more people, if not more, mm-hmm. when I'm preparing quantities of things. And if I have some left over, great, but I don't want to be stuck with my pants down if I don't have enough food. So I always overprepare food. And if I have some left over, then it becomes part of the crew meal in the next round. So it doesn't hurt me and generally doesn't take any more time usually to prepare 10 portions of things or 12 portions of things when I have eight guests. And I generally do have some left over, but again, I'd rather have that and not need it than need it and not have it. And so maybe Matt is used to a different style of cooking where everything is boutique-y, but that doesn't really make sense to me on a ship like this. You need to be prepared for guests to have seconds. So yes, oftentimes they do ask for seconds and it's a compliment and you want to have it available. Very good. All right. Well, thank you, Brenda, for sending in your question. And if any of you have questions, hit us up at gangplankreport at gmail.com. Also, since we're at the end of the show here, don't forget to rate and review us on Apple. That would be great. It helps us to be seen more. We had a great first month. We want to thank you all for listening 
it was so far above and beyond our expectations. And we're I was thrilled. super excited. That was great. Everybody, thank you so much for your feedback. Thank you for all the hints and tips and questions and everything. It's just been an insane month. We're looking forward to more. Yes, we are. Thank you for listening. And hopefully we'll catch you for the super fan interview. All right. Take care, everyone. Bye. Bye. Special thanks to our friends who helped us create Gangplank Report. Down below music and lyrics by Angel Tweeter Frail and Terry Abbott. Performed by Lorelei of Florida. Production assistance by Michael Castaneda. Super fan intro by Blind Lawrence. Cast off me hearties.